Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome Welcome to to Outbound Outbound Metrics. Guillaume Mubesh is the founder and CEO of Limless. Limless is an all-in-one outbound sales solution that allows you to personalize cold emails, automate follow-ups, and engage with leads across all channels. If you've been a fan of the show uh, for the past couple of years, you will know that G has been on the show. I was on the show in December of 2019. We first interviewed him about Limlist and cold email tactics. We got really in-depth. In December 2019, Limlist was at 1 million ARR. Now, as of this recording in October of 2021, they are over 10 million ARR. So I'm so happy to have G back on the show to discuss how they've had this exponential growth since the last time we've talked uh, a little under two years ago to talk about how they have, uh, how the team has built this, this incredible company. So G, pleasure to have you on. Thanks a lot for having me, Morgan. Super excited to be back after uh, a year and a half. <laughs> awesome. So can you kind of just take us back to that time, kind of the things you guys were doing in December of 2019, we just crossed 1 million ARR, big milestone, and then we can kind of take it from there. At that time, I feel like we were uh, about seven, six to seven in the team. So it was a very, very uh, tiny team, super focused on creating content, doing outreach and keep doing like this outbound. Me team, we had uh, not hired our first sales rep at the time, but it was really about, you know, how to create the best content possible for our users so they know how to do outbound. Mm-hmm. And uh, and since then, the team has uh, has gone up to like forty people now. Wow. We are hiring like uh, about twenty five people in the next uh, months. So it's wow. it's been a hell of a ride. <laughs> All bootstrap too. Right? Yeah, we started the company with uh, one thousand dollar actually, and wow. then that's it. <laughs> wow. So in those in back in twenty nineteen, around that time, you we were focused on just creating lots of content. And yeah. So it was yeah at that time. I would say that. The, the way we split it, kind of like the strategy was I was running a lot of outbound myself, booking meeting with people. I was mainly doing like networking calls that were often ending into people becoming clients. 
just because during these networking calls, I was trying to provide as much value as possible around the way to do sales prospecting, how to build relationships, etc. And down the line, people will actually become customers. On top of it, during this call, I would basically ask, you know, all the questions like, if you've been doing outbound, what's the thing you're struggling the most with? And people would tell me, uh, it's my deliverability. I can't manage to get my emails open. The reply rate is too low, et cetera, et cetera. And based on all those pain, I would basically try to get as much info from industry experts, et cetera. From my learnings, write really in-depth articles, run the campaigns uh, in public. So all my campaigns were actually public. I was sharing like the templates. I was sharing the results, et cetera. And based on that, creating really the, the most practical content for people to reuse and, and essentially like uh, get better at, uh, at sales prospecting overall. Awesome. So you were booking these networking calls and talking to potential customers, your market, and figuring out what problems they were having and you created content on that and then use Outbound again to distribute it to people? Yes, I, I was doing a bit of both because um, some people, you know, we with, with whom after the networking call, they were... Uh, simply directly interested in Lemlist and would like, okay, how do I get a demo? What are the things like for me to, like, how do I get started? And others, as you said, were more like uh, just exchanging. And once mm-hmm. I had written the article, I would share them resources and say, hey, remember when you had that chat about XYZ? I've actually like uh, talked to about like 10 people who solved that issue. And here are like the 10 ways that they've used to solve this exact problem. I think it can be valuable for you. Feel free to check it out. And it was just about like providing value, building these very strong relationships. And people think that, you know, like um, a lot of people think that, you know, it's not scalable to do all these things, et cetera. But the truth is like, if you meet with one new person every day, at the end of the first year, you'd have met with uh, 365 people. At the end of the third year, it's more than a thousand people. If each person you meet with, you're bringing value to them. And then later down the road, they can either be customers or recommend you for new customers, then, you know, like this word of mouth and network effect can be built. And it's a huge way, a huge traction. It takes time. It's a lot of energy, but it's the same as what you're doing, you know, with podcasting. Uh, you right. started like a, a long time ago when when we first talked, it was episode yeah. 40. You you see like how, how many you did and it's been more than, it's been years. Right. But the, the thing is like the consistency is what helps you build this audience, create these amazing relationships and grow. Awesome. A couple of questions on that before moving forward. How did you find people to network with to have those calls with? That's a, that's a very good question. What I was doing essentially is uh, trying to find companies we, which were in our persona or ideal customer profile. So I would take, for example, head of growth at scale-ups with a sales team between, let's say, 5 to 50 or something like that. And just try to get in touch with them, tell them about the fact that we had built a community, that I was really good, you know, with LinkedIn and just try to, you know, like, okay, here's what I can offer you. Really good in outreach, really good in LinkedIn, really good in community building. I'd love to understand what you've been working on and just exchange tips and best practice. So I was doing, doing that with head of growth, CMOs, head of sales. And I was just, you know, like uh, trying to build all these relationships step one step at a time and always focusing on people who I knew would, could benefit down the line from Lemlist. Awesome. And then last one, how did you promote the content you created? To be honest, like uh, the content uh, distribution was done through different channels. First channel was uh, through the community. So we have built like the biggest community around sales automation on Facebook. So we would use our content and post it there. 
Then we would uh, do like some LinkedIn posts, which were more like uh, value-packed. And then we would create from the content we have some lead magnets. So for example, let's say that we have written three articles about uh, how to write really good cold emails. Then we would create an ebook about cold emails and would say, okay, we have put the best cold email templates in an ebook. If you want to get it, comment me and we will send it to you. So the more people would comment, the more people would actually see the post plus the social proof. So you can kind of create this virality on LinkedIn. And down the line, we will send the content to each person. People then down the line would share it to others through word of mouth. And on top of it, we also had like a newsletter and that we grew right now to more than 50,000 people, which is also where we share our content. So the idea is to do two things. One is repurposing. Always repurpose your content based on the channel you are sharing it on. For example, people who are just putting random links of an article they wrote on LinkedIn or on Twitter or whatever, it doesn't work. However, if you put it in a way that is well done for the platform, your reach will be much higher and the, the people who are going to basically read everything, it's also going to be a huge. Awesome. Like that actually gave me a follow-up question. So <laughs> creating it for the platform, like how would you create it for LinkedIn? And would you, when someone would comment on it, would you gate it saying yet they'd opt in or would you just give them the content after they? Um, yeah, after a comment, you have you have two options. Either you say comment and add me as a connection. That's where you're growing also your follower base. And then you will just send a direct message to the person. Mm. Second option is just to reply to the comments because LinkedIn will basically push comments that are, you know, like at the top. So even if you do a reply to the comment, people actually don't see it and keep commenting. So it's not going to end. And the link you put can be like uh, something uh, you, you have two options. Either you get the content, meaning you send them to a landing page where they're going to have to put their email to receive the content, or you don't get the content and it's just like a free PDF. For me, I prefer when the content is not gated because I think like uh, you already ask people to comment and it's, uh, you don't want to put like too much friction in, uh, in whatever you're doing. Absolutely. Moving into communities, you've built a 17,000 plus member community on Facebook. And you mentioned to me previously that it matters a lot to have that community. Can you talk about why that matters and how you built that community up? Yeah, of course. So to be entirely honest, at first, I didn't build the community to say like, okay, it's really important for us to have a community. It came from a problem we had because it was just uh, my two technical co-founders and me at first. And we had so many supports and so many tickets that I thought, okay, People are always asking the same question. I'm going to all put them into a Facebook group and I will answer most questions that I see. You know, I would develop an FAQ, but also, you know, like open something, open the conversation. And step by step, you know, like I'm, I was like, okay, now that I write really good content, I can share it in the community. Then from the community, I started seeing people like commenting, then people asking questions. And step by step, you know, it was a great way for me to communicate directly to users, but at the same time to have everyone watching, meaning that, you know, like some people are lurkers, so they are afraid of asking questions, but they check every single uh, message on the communities and doing everything in public is simply, simply great. And for me, you know, like I was, I never thought of the community as something that would be a differentiator long-term. I just thought as a great way for me to communicate with more people at, you know, like at once and uh, step by step, you know, I realized that the more I was sharing things uh, with no bullshit and no filter, 
the more people, you know, were actually caring for each other, helping each other out. And I remember, I think when the, at first I was the only one accepting questions on the community and then, you know, like uh, answering to everything. And I feel like after, I think it was after eight to 10 months, I accepted like uh, a question. I wanted to start answering. And then I saw, you know, like uh, someone is typing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I waited and I was like, what the fuck? Is this a glitch? <laughs> and then I saw someone actually answering with like, hey, Guillaume already answers that on this post. Here is a link that you can share. And I was like, oh, this is getting awesome, you know? Yeah. And step by step, we started to see, okay, what's the best way for people to share? So we, we created uh, what we call the Lemlister of the week, which is every single week, you know, like we put uh, the best campaigns in front of our users with, you know, like the real reply rate, real open rate, et cetera, et cetera. And step by step, this community has been a, a huge competitive advantage because our message was clear from day one. It's like our goal is to build the best sales automation platform ever created. We want you to help us. If you have ideas, if you have questions, if you have pains, if you're facing things, just tell us and we will build the best product for you. So we, we kept receiving, you know, like feature requests and this is something we keep having also. And based on that, you know, we get our best ideas from there. And we even created something that has been massively copied afterwards, which is the, the warm-up feature. So, you know, like a lot of people struggle to put their cold email inside the, the inbox. It usually goes to spam. It's not open, et cetera. Yeah. And with the warm-up, we, thanks to our amazing community, we are able to send automatically messages between people. And that's therefore put them as always important when they are in spam. We push them back in the important folder. We push that back in the inbox, et cetera, et cetera. So we're saving a lot of messages from the spam, which send really good signals. And then the deliverability increase for our user and what's funny is like a lot of people try to copy it but people can't really copy our system for many reasons once it's a technical with the sending algorithm we have and the content but the second thing is the, the variety of inbox that we have meaning that what matters you know whenever you're doing sales prospecting is from uh, which place in the world do you send message to others etc etc and we have like uh, customers in more than 85 uh, 85 countries we have companies like Zendesk, SAP, uh, Amazon, mm. etc., up to very small companies, which means that by doing these things, you know, between those uh, big corporations and also like startup scale up, we can really boost everyone's deliverability. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of like changed the game. And uh, it was quite funny because uh, we started to see like, I don't know how many competitors after that, but uh, everything lot. came, yeah. Yeah, everything came from the community. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it made sense to me that the more users you bring in, more inboxes, the, the easier it is to warm up the domain because of the diversity you have with inboxes. I didn't think about the fact that if you bring on some people with really high value domains, like you said, Amazon, SAP. Yeah, of course. Also, That's it's really best. good to Google. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah, you you look at Zendesk, for example, they have like a best deliverability, you know, it's like a, it's an enterprise, uh, they, their domain exists for like 20 years or, or like 10 years or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there anything while you were building the group that you saw that was like a, a huge spike in growth or was it more just doing a lot of the little stuff and after a while it compounded? I didn't feel like they were one thing. I felt mm -hmm. like uh, when we started to interview like uh, live, you know, people like Aaron Ross, Morgan Ingram, you know, Jill Rowley, et cetera. So just talking about sales, talking about all these things, I think it was great because we kind of like did some co-marketing 
So they were also sharing it to their audience, which uh, it really allowed us, you know, to to have their audience look at our community and then join, and then you know be, be part of the conversation. And step by step, you know, it was a, it was a really cool booster to to do these things. Awesome. Uh, let's talk about another platform, LinkedIn. Well, I'll let, I guess I'll let you talk about your your relationship <laughs> with LinkedIn in the past. But you've leveraged LinkedIn to get three million monthly views and a million in revenue. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? LinkedIn has been uh, LinkedIn has been huge for us. So from the from the beginning, I've been documenting our journey a lot on LinkedIn, and step by step, you know, I also created because back in uh, 2018 when we started Lemlist, uh, so three and a half years ago, there were very few people on LinkedIn, and most posts on LinkedIn were actually like people sharing, you know, their company page update, and it was very very boring. And step by step, you know, I started to write like a human being talking about the things that we did right, the things that we did wrong. And step by step, you know, I could see people engaging, engaging more and more. And a lot of people would think, you know, like it's just, you know, like you're not posting about your company, you're posting about something like, or you're posting about your growth, you're posting about, I was posting, for example, about cold email a lot, where I was writing, you know, one post for one tip. It was cold email tips number one. And then I would make a series of 10 posts. Then I would write something about cold email mistakes or sales mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. And step by step, people will actually connect with me, reach out to me in DM. And, and then it's it's pretty simple. It's like the more value you provide to people, the more trust they have in you. And once, you know, like the, the typical things you see, if you see a post that is reaching really a lot of people, and then you don't know the person who's writing it, what you're going to do? Check his profile, right? right. So you're going to go on his profile and check, okay, what the company is working with? Oh, he's a CEO. Okay, I'm going to check the company. And then if you're interested and you see like, okay, this guy is a lot about sales, a lot about cold emails, and his company is actually on point with that, then if you trust the person, you, you, will, you will trust the company, you know? And then it's, uh, it's basically for me an amazing way like to, to create kind of like this, this really trust, like big trust. And based on that, you know, like uh, we, we started to grow and doing like crazy lead magnets on LinkedIn, which got like uh, millions of views in terms of reach. And we also scaled this with the entire team. Meaning that, for example, right now, my content, it's more for entrepreneurs, uh, people launching their business. But my head of sales is now talking a lot about sales. Our sales rep talks a lot about sales. Uh, we have our marketing team talking more about marketing, growth, et cetera, et cetera. And everyone is building their own audiences. But it all comes back to Lamlist in the end because people are checking where they work, what they do. And step by step, we have this kind of like circle of growth where it benefits a lot uh, to the company. Awesome. I want to talk about the, you mentioned those cold email tips posts. So you said like cold email tips, number one, two, three. So would you make one post as cold email tips one and then post that? Yeah, exactly. One, two. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So for, so for example, it would be for example, the first tip could be like how to make a great subject line. Then the second tip could be how to write an icebreaker and do a good intro line. Mm -hmm. uh, third tip would be like how to make a, a good call to action, how to answer the question, what's in it for them, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then, you know, like uh, I would do the same for mistakes. And, and then you start creating a lot of content and, and you can go to pretty much any topic. Awesome. And would you link those posts together at all, like link to them or you would just post them? individually? No, I, I would just start the series because... People, you know, would see cold email tips number three, and then they would go to my profile and check, you know, like my ah. post afterwards, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Were you post, what was your posting frequency like? 
Back then, I think I would post maybe like two to three times per week. And right now, I think I post more like four to five times per week. Okay. So you saw yeah. better results posting more often? Yeah. The, the algorithm changed a lot over time. So mm -hmm. at some point, I was actually doing tons of videos on LinkedIn because it was working like crazy. And then after some time, I stopped because LinkedIn decided that video was not good for their platform. So they kind of like shut it down and decreased okay. the reach. So I switched to, to text only and, uh, and now it's working, uh, it's working really well. Awesome. With those lead magnets, were those individual posts or would you create those as like a call to action inside those tips posts? No. So, so for the lead magnets, I, the idea is to do like uh, always is kind of like 90% of the time your post should bring a lot of value or even like 95% of the time. And then the 5% should be about you asking for something. So asking for a comment in exchange of something else. And to me, this is a great way because with lead magnets, you know, like uh, we did a few lead magnets and we gathered uh, on the one where we gated the content, we gathered thousands of emails. And those are just hot leads because they are super focused on the content that you share, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, uh, it's really, really nice. Those are LinkedIn followers you got from that, from this? Yeah, no, it, it was more uh, it, because it was, uh, we tested a few things. We tested uh, just the content that you give. So for example, it's a link where they can download the PDF directly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or we tested a link where when they, they are on a landing page and they have to put their email in order to get the, the PDF. This is when, it, when it's gated. And when it's gated, we gathered like thousands of email addresses from like real companies. And then after that, you know, it's like people that you can reach out to nurture book meeting with and down the line we can become uh, customers gotcha and you got all those emails because you you 90 of the time you were just giving out value giving out exactly value. exactly because if if you see like someone that you've never like encountered and is just like doing this lead magnet post down the line you're like okay what the fuck like it's it doesn't bring anything you know it's always the same and you get bored but if it's like 95 or even 99 of the time like just pure value and you just keep it, you know, like once per month or once every two months, one post that's going to drive like a lot of uh, leads, a lot of uh, revenue, etc. Then, you know, it, it's fine because people, they, they would think that, okay, everything you've done so far was free. Now you're asking for one thing. It must be much more valuable. I trust you. So let's go. You know, I'm going to go for it. Gotcha. Awesome, man. Anything, uh, same question here with LinkedIn. Was there anything you did where you saw it, where you saw a big spike? Or was it just from consistently? I think to be honest, for LinkedIn, it's all about testing because first things first is they change their algorithm like quite recent. Like, uh, you know, for example, like recently they introduced uh, polls and the polls work like crazy. You know, like you can do polls and get like uh, 100,000 uh, views easily with a uh, with poll. Uh, and, and again, you know, it's like what matters to me, I think is always like the fast-paced testing. Try different formats, try different copywriting, try different call to action. But also, don't do everything for views. Because I see a lot of people, you know, who are just optimizing things for views. And I even had like some friends who are like uh, millions of views on each of their posts. But why they're doing this? Just because they create debates. So they are like uh, telling something that uh, either no one wants to tell or... But it's tricky, I feel. I think it's better like to focus on the value even though you're going to reach maybe a bit less people than if people start getting angry, like mad at you, et cetera, et cetera. But at least you're kind of like preserving your brand image and your personal brand image. To me, the advice is just like, be real, be uh, true to yourself and just like share, share the ups and the downs and be a real and normal human being. 
Awesome. Uh, you've done this all from bootstrapping, right? You've taken on no yeah. investor money. And you mentioned that you focus on product and brand to do that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, you know, like if you want to grow to 10 million in AR, you have no other choice than to have a good product. Uh, it's like uh, down the line, you know, people need to see value. So for us, again, like the, the product, we put the community at the core of the product, both in the features we've developed and also in all the feedback loop that we gather. So we have a very, very like uh, strong process when it comes to how do we gather feedback? How do we make sure that we can prioritize the best features? How do we make sure that our users are aware of the feature? And we really, really like spent a lot of time on that. And again, this process is a loop. So it's always about iterating, testing, and getting feedback from people. And then the brand, the brand to me is just about the trust. So it's like in anything that you're building, especially in software, people think that because it's a B2B, so business to business, that you really need to be super serious in everything you do, super kind of like boring. But actually for us, it's all the opposite. I mean, we don't want to get bored whenever we work. We strongly believe that, you know, like it, it's the same, like we help people build relationships relationships can be fun you know like relationship is all about meeting new people it's exciting you learn things you grow you know you you do like things a bit differently and for us we were like okay every brand in b2b is super boring they always want to have this very serious tone etc cetera, etc cetera. but actually people don't do that anymore it's it's not how we communicate you know like uh, we communicate on messenger I, i've done so much business on messenger you know it's like uh, communicate to people in communities on reddit on quora or whatever to me it's the time to just understand that even if it's b2b in the end it's people who make the decision right. and we really focused on our brand to be people centered and people focused and from that we invested heavily you know in all the personal brand of people who worked uh, at Lemlist and try to associate our personal brand to the Lemlist brand because in the end, it's more or less like the same. Awesome. Since December 2019 till now, how have you organized all of this, these growth initiatives that you've been doing? You know, we talked about Facebook, we talked about LinkedIn, you've done outreach, you're not bringing in salespeople, right? How have you kept that organized moving through? Do you, does your team meet weekly? Like, how does that, what does that process look like? Yeah. So first things first is uh, was hiring. So how do we hire like the best people? Make sure that we have a strong support team. So whenever people have questions, even if people are not paying a lot because our average, um, you know, like revenue per account is around like $70 per month or something like that. So even if people are not paying a lot, we want to serve them as VIP. So we invested heavily in the support team. So people can find their answers super quickly and have a chat with uh, our support team and experts if needed. Then we structure the sales team. So we, we started to hire a sales team uh, as of 1 million. We structure like the outbound, we created and tested so many things. Everything we were tested, we were actually using the content from the sales team with our marketing team to write like the best articles. And we, we just tried to basically like uh, we eat our own dog food. We use our product every day. We do campaigns every day. And from that, we can create the best content and help our users also becoming the best at what we do. And our sole focus, to be honest, I know it's going to sound boring, but it's our user success. So it's like how the only question, you know, I'm asking when people, whenever I have someone from the team asking me, you know, like if they can uh, do a new project or do something new, I'm like, okay, is this aligned with the question? Uh, with um, Is this aligned with 
are we going to make our users more successful with what you're doing? If the answer is yes, then go for it. You know, like if you want to start a project where you're going to do more consulting calls for the clients and uh, down the line, like help them become successful, then go for it. If you want to start, um, I don't know, like webinars where you're going to showcase a step-by-step process of setting up a campaign, go for it, et cetera, et cetera. And I think like by answering this one simple question, in the end, it's allowed us to be super focused and grow to where we are today. Awesome. So you're you're focusing on creating great content, outbound sales and customer success, but it all comes back to can what we do make our users more successful? How can we make our users more successful? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. What are the metrics you guys track or you, you look at every day? I look at every day the MRR, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> so cash. Yeah. And then we have a very simple funnel. So we look at the number of sign-up weekly, number of activated users, meaning uh, how many people have launched the campaign, and uh, conversion rate, so how many people become uh, paid customers. And then after that, uh, on a daily basis, it's uh, MRR and churn. So we look at, uh, at both uh, these things, but we try to keep like the funnel as simple as possible just because, you know, like um, I see a lot of people really trying to get way too many data. But in the end, what people like to me, it's not data, but it's more like guts. Sometimes, you know, you just have to do the things. You know, it's pretty simple in business. If you make people successful, of course, they're going to stay. Of course, they want, they want to give you like more money. You know, it's like, uh, it's total sense. If I tell you like, okay, uh, if you give me like uh, 10 bucks, I'm going to give you back like a hundred bucks. Yes, you're, you're going to be willing to give me 10 bucks, you know, like, and if it works, then, you know, you're going to give me like a hundred this time and so on and so forth. And for us, it's exactly the same. So we try to, to keep that in mind and just be focused on, uh, on what matters the most. Awesome. So you're looking at those metrics and kind of working backward and figure out how can we improve each of these but, and make our customers successful by making our customers successful. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Your sales process, you talked a little bit about keeping the funnel simple. Can you talk about how you developed your SaaS sales process? Yes, we have like different actually like a process. The first one is a very classic traditional SaaS, which is 14-day free trial. Then people are asked to put their credit card if they want to become a customer. Otherwise, they can't use the tool. So that's very like a self-service. Then we have like another process, which is more about like the, the outbound sales which is we have like what we call like a full sales cycle uh, outbound uh, representative. So they create a lot of content on LinkedIn. Then they would reach out to some people that they have added into their network. Those people have a high tendency to see their content. So they kind of like know who they are prior. Uh, so it's, it's not so cold email. I would say it's a, it's a warm email. And then they book a meeting. Once they have a demo, set up, they create the account together. And then two weeks after, uh, they organize another call for the closing. So that's kind of like the outbound process where we try to have uh, something as as uh, short as possible, I would say. So depending on the accounts, we try to keep it under months. Uh, so it's quite fast, you know, from uh, first demo to closing. And then, you know, like after that, it's, uh, it's also like another process, which is more for people, let's say, who signed up at some point, but were never converted. And for them, what we're going to have is just like a, a nurturing sequence where we're going to keep like sending them value bombs with great articles, pushing the community new events, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. So you've got these three groups of customers that you are essentially deploying you know, your sales and marketing to. You've got self-service people, 
a full sales cycle where they're doing like outbound sales and then signups that don't convert. For the full sales cycle, so your everything starts with LinkedIn. Then it sounds like there your people are creating content and then only going after those people. So you're not reaching out to anyone cold necessarily. It's all people who have been. So the, 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 yeah, the best strategy that I've seen and I've tested is uh, first step is to add the person on LinkedIn. Second step is to wait basically three weeks. During these three weeks, you have like your normal content calendar where you post each day or every two days, etc. The person has maybe like max a week to accept you. Then once they accept, they're going to see your content more and more. So when you reach out as a first message on email in three weeks after the first connection request, people tend to actually know you. Then you have your second follow-up, which is a short email. Then there is a LinkedIn message. Then there is another email. Then there is another LinkedIn message. And at the end, if you still don't have any answer, you can do cold call. But by doing this, to be honest, we see like really, really high reply rates and a lot of meetings. And what's great is often people actually during demos say, actually, you know what? Like I've seen your post on LinkedIn. I remember that I was seeing you like somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's much easier, you know, to, to start the conversation. And it doesn't look as much as this is me trying to sell you something. Awesome. So to go over that one more time, you have you add a person on LinkedIn, you wait three weeks, and during that time you're posting every one to two days. Are yeah. they they have a propensity to see your content more just because you've requested them? Is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So for example, when I add you, you know, on LinkedIn, and if you accept, the chance for me like to see your content are really high. Okay. Because ideally, people uh, LinkedIn the way it works is you either add your colleagues. I mean, at uh, the way it usually works at the very like uh, basic level, I would say like why LinkedIn created their platform. It was for colleagues to be connected. Then it kind of evolved into networking, into sales, into HR, etc. But at mm-hmm. first, it was really like in the in the workspace. Then you know like what they do is like if someone gets added, it means that right now they've probably seen your content and that's what they want to add you. So once you add them, essentially, they're going to see also your content because it works both ways on LinkedIn. And once they see your content, if it has a lot of reach, then you know they're, they're going to engage more, et cetera, et cetera. And then it grows. Another thing that you can do is to every time you create like a viral post, you scrape all the person who have actually engaged with your content but are not part of your first degree connection and you add them all. Because this one, you are 100% sure that they interacted with your content. So when you reach out to them, you know that they, they would know about you. Awesome. That's a, that's a great tip. So when you create something viral, you add everyone who isn't a first degree connection. Exactly. Yeah. Thank and you me. put them in that funnel of reaching out to them via email, LinkedIn, et cetera. Gotcha. With those LinkedIn messages and emails, anything like standard you guys put in there that you've seen that works really well? those touches yeah to be honest i think for me it is just for each person that you're adding trying to find like a a proper icebreaker so look at the content that they write look at like uh, what things they've commented on etc just find something that shows that you actually spent at least like a couple of minutes on the person before reaching out because the truth is like 99 percent of other people don't do these things they're just going to keep sending their shitty email and it's just going to be a sequence. And sometimes they don't even put your first name because they're like, oh, you know what, (laughs) whatever, you know. And just by doing these simple things, you're going to stand out, which will help you get an answer or a reply down the line. Gotcha. Awesome, man. And that was after they accept, it was LinkedIn email, LinkedIn email call, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Awesome, man. Anything we didn't go over? I know we, we touched on a lot, but I learned a lot. Yeah, I feel we, we covered a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, limblist.com for anyone who's interested in G and his company, uh, if you've been in the outbound space at all, if you're in sales, I'm sure you've heard of Limlist. They've been doing some incredible things in the past couple of years and ever since they started. Uh, so I encourage everyone to check out their content. They do have awesome content. If you're looking to learn about outbound sales, marketing, even creating content, a great place to learn. Their Facebook community, I'm in it. Tons of great value. G, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me, Morgan. All right, you have a good one. You too. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.